You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. The full article and resources that accompany this episode can be found at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash doctor. I want to thank these sponsors who have supported this episode and who make some amazing products that I'm a big fan of. Mommy Steps makes insoles specifically for pregnancy. And I've been using these for a few years now. I started back when I was pregnant this last time with my daughter. These are so comfortable. But the big reason that I wore them when I was pregnant is because they can prevent a ton of issues that can happen to your feet when you are pregnant. Things like your arch collapsing, which can make your feet go up a shoe size, and problems that can create lasting structural changes in your feet long after your baby's born. So that's the reason that I started wearing the Mommy Steps insoles, and I like them so much that I am still wearing them. Wearing insoles that give you good arch support are going to help prevent a lot of these issues from happening in the first place. So please don't wait until you're having problems. I really recommend these at the start of your pregnancy. Mommy Steps is giving you 20% off when you go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash feet and use the promo code feet at checkout to save 20%. And this promo code also works on their parent company, which is Form Insoles, if you want to get some insoles for your partner. I want to thank Boppy for their support. You can save 20% off boppy.com with the promo code PREGPOD20. My favorite product from Boppy is their pregnancy pillows. These are going to help you get a comfortable night of sleep during any stage of your pregnancy. And I know we tend to think of a pregnancy pillow as this big, huge pillow, right, that supports your whole body. And they do have an option like that. One of the options is just a small wedge pillow. So this is really small. It's just shaped exactly like a wedge. And you can put it just slightly under your belly. And it's going to help support your belly while you're sleeping, especially if you're sleeping on your side. This is a good solution to help you get comfortable. I love that Boppy makes multiple options for pregnancy pillows because there's never a one size fits all. And I know that you can find the one that's right for you. You can check out all of these options at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash pillow. And don't forget, you can save 20% off your purchase on boppy.com with the promo code pregpod20. And I want to thank Zoller for their support. You know that I'm a big fan of Zoller's vitamins and supplements. And we are extending our promotion on their Mighty Mini Prenatal, where you can save 25% off. And it's a three-month supply. It's so cheap. It's such a good deal. And you're going to get some free infant vitamin D drops if you email me your order number. I love this Mighty Mini because it comes with a mint insert in the bottle. So they have kind of a minty smell and taste to them. And they're really small pills. So if you have trouble swallowing large pills, this is the perfect solution. And of course, it's a mini, so it doesn't contain the exact same amount of every ingredient as their regular prenatal, but it is going to cover all of your bases for the nutrients that you need and that your baby needs 
especially in that first trimester when you might be dealing with nausea and a really sensitive gag reflex and swallowing those bigger pills can be challenging. For all the details on the mini vitamin, you want to go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash mini. This episode, we are talking about choosing or changing your doctor or midwife. And this episode is going to break down some good considerations when you are looking to choose the right care provider. I'm going to talk about the differences between a midwife and an OBGYN. And we're going to talk about changing your care provider if you're not happy with the person you're currently seeing. If you have a care provider that you're really happy with, congrats, that's awesome. This episode may still have some relevance for you in the future because you're going to have some of the similar things to consider with a pediatrician or with future doctors that you may see down the road. Your care provider is really the cornerstone of your prenatal care and your birth experience. This is somebody who's going to be the expert resource that you're going to be referring to a lot, and you're going to be working with them throughout your pregnancy to make some really important decisions. So this is somebody that you need to not only just be comfortable with, but somebody that you can trust. And that's really more important than their qualifications and where they went to school, how many babies they've delivered. I mean, all of those things are good to look at, right? But you really need to see them as somebody who supports you and who's an integral member of your team. And most importantly, though, you need to trust them and you need to be comfortable with them. Choosing a care provider isn't a really easy black and white decision. It's a lot more nuanced than, well, if you're having a home birth, you have a midwife. And if you're having a baby at a hospital, you have an OBGYN. Midwife-led care tends to be more of a holistic approach and tends to be a little more patient-focused. And there are some amazing OBGYNs out there who also have a very patient-focused practice, who take more time than 15 minutes to answer questions at appointments. So while you have these stereotypes of midwife-led care and doctor-led care, there's going to be a huge spectrum with providers, and they're going to be all over the spectrum on that. The only way to tell whether a particular person is really going to be the right fit for you is for you to ask questions and to shop around and to explore your options. Think of it this way. The cost of having a baby is really high. This is one of the biggest events that's going to happen in your life. Hopefully you have health insurance that's going to cover some of those costs, but it's not cheap. It can be the price of a car, maybe even a luxury car, right? If you end up having a really complicated birth. And if you were going to buy a car, You're not just going to walk on the lot and point to a car and say, yep, that's the one. That's the one I'm taking, right? You're going to do your research beforehand. And having a baby is a way bigger decision than buying a car. You want to explore your options. You want to shop around and you want to do your research because ultimately who your care provider is will have a big impact on your experience and on how your baby enters the world. If you currently have a physician like a general practitioner or a family doctor that you really like and you want to continue to see them for your prenatal care, that may be an option, but you want to make sure that they're knowledgeable about birth and it might not be their specialty. And if they don't deal with it often, they might not be the most qualified person to give you care. 
Like I said earlier, you want someone that you're comfortable with, but you also want someone who has a lot of pregnancy and birth experience. And having a physician who knows you and knows your medical history can still come in handy if you need a second opinion on anything. And just because you see someone else for your prenatal care and your birth doesn't mean that you have to sever ties with your family doctor forever. And you can go back to seeing them after your baby's born. Typically, if you are getting care with a doctor, it's going to be somebody who specializes in pregnancy and birth. Obstetrics deals with pregnancy, childbirth, and the postpartum period. And obstetricians are also trained in surgical interventions like cesareans. Gynecology is focused on the health of the reproductive system and the breasts. If you go get an annual exam and a pap smear, you're seeing likely a gynecologist. They can also do things like cancer screenings. They can treat UTIs, deal with any breast issues. Obstetrics and gynecology are very closely related, and most often, a doctor who specializes in one also specializes in the other. And so if they have both certifications, which is pretty common, then they are an OBGYN, which stands for obstetrician gynecologist. And these are typically the primary care providers for pregnant women in the United States. In other parts of the world, it's a bit different. And in many countries outside of the United States, midwives are the primary care providers for pregnancy and birth. And this used to be the case in the United States. In the United States, anyone who was pregnant or having a baby usually dealt with a midwife. And that changed in the early 1900s when we shifted towards a more doctor-led care model. Midwives specialize in pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum care, and overall care for women but they do not practice any surgery. Both midwives and OBGYNs have to apply for licenses. They have to take an exam. They're required to complete continuing education. And both types of providers are highly regulated. They go through a lot of education and experience before they can be licensed, but they are different and each has its specialty. In the United States, the general path somebody takes to become an OBGYN is that they have to earn an undergraduate degree, and then they go on to graduate from medical school. So that's a total of seven to nine years of general medical training. And then after they graduate from med school, then they have to complete a residency at a hospital, which is going to focus on the OBGYN practice. And that residency typically lasts four to five years. So the entire process that it takes somebody to become an OBGYN is about 11 to 14 years. There are also some subspecialties that they can get into with some additional training. That's typically a three-year fellowship after that 11 to 14 years. An example of that would be somebody who specializes in maternal fetal medicine or perinatology. And these are specialists that focus on medical and surgical management of high-risk pregnancies. If something were to come up during your pregnancy that puts you or your baby at a particularly high risk, you could be referred to that type of specialist. In the United States, the general path that somebody takes to become a midwife depends on the certification that they're getting. A certified nurse midwife needs a bachelor's degree in nursing because they are registered nurses, and then they go through a two to three year graduate level training in midwifery. 
Another credential is a certified midwife. So this is somebody who has a background in a health-related field. Other than nursing, they don't have that nursing credential. And then they go through a master's level midwifery education program. They're going to have similar training to certified nurse midwives. They're going to conform to the same standards. But certified midwives are not required to have that nursing component. The majority of midwives in the United States are certified professional midwives. These do not have a college degree requirement. And instead, these midwives gain their training through clinical training under the supervision of another midwife. Licensing in the United States of midwives is a little bit confusing because it really varies by state. If you want to see the details on your state, I'm going to put a link in the article on the website that breaks down each state's laws. Certified nurse midwives are licensed in all 50 states. Certified professional midwives are licensed to practice in 35 states, and certified midwives are only licensed in five states in the United States. Licensing plays a big role in who is legally allowed to attend births based on where they take place. Traditionally, midwives are attending the majority of -of out-of-hospital births. There was a good report that broke down the trends in out-of-hospital births and looked at what type of care provider was attending those. Certified nurse midwives and certified midwives attended about one-third of planned home births, and half of planned home births were attended by other midwives who were not CNMs or CMs, and then less than 1% were attended by physicians. Shout out to Dr. Stu and a handful of other physicians who are attending home births. When you're looking at births at birth centers, just over 56% were attended by certified nurse midwives and certified midwives, 36.7% by non-certified nurse midwives, so midwives who had a different credential, and then only about 2.7% by physicians. You can see that if you are planning a birth at home or a birth center, it's most likely going to be attended by a midwife. In a hospital setting, it's the opposite, and the vast majority of those births are attended by physicians, and that's 90.6%. And there's just 8.7 that are being attended by midwives. And I think this is something that we're seeing changing as more midwives are being incorporated into the hospital setting. Midwives really specialize in normal, low-risk childbirth, and typically this means that you don't have any complications. And if you have a high-risk pregnancy, chances are that you're seeing an OBGYN or a specialist. If you're planning a cesarean section, for whatever reason, you're going to be seeing an OBGYN or an OB. Midwives are not trained or licensed for surgery, which of course includes cesarean birth. And midwives also have limitations on writing prescriptions, and that can vary by their license and by the state that they practice in. Often, if you're under the care of a midwife and something comes up which puts you at a high risk, your midwife may want to get an OBGYN involved, or if it's more appropriate, they may want to refer you to an OBGYN to complete your care with them. Do keep in mind, though, that most pregnancies are normal, low risk, and require very little, if any, intervention. One thing you may want to consider when you are choosing a care provider is whether you want a male or female provider. 
One study showed that slightly over 8% of female patients prefer a male OBGYN, 50% preferred female, and 42% had no preference. In the United States, the number of female OBGYNs has been increasing, and this now comprises more than half of all practicing OBGYNs, and that number's just going to keep going up. The latest statistic that I've seen is that 82% of doctors entering OBGYN residencies are female. Midwifery is also very dominated by females, and there are very few men in that profession. And that really goes back a long time. Back in ancient Greece, there was a requirement that if you were a midwife, that you had to have given birth yourself. And of course, that's going to exclude any men. In the UK, the Royal College of Midwives actually banned men up until 1983. It was tough to find some verifiable statistics on how many midwives are male or identify as a gender other than female. The best stats that I could find was that it was less than half of 1% in the UK and only 2% in the US. If you are going with a midwife for your care, chances are that it's going to be a female. There is one interesting study that compared midwife-led to doctor-led maternity care. And this focused on low-risk women. Like I was talking about earlier, there are some cases where you should be seeing an OBGYN or a specialist, but the majority of expecting mothers are low-risk and would do well with midwife-led care. And in one review, researchers found that women who saw a midwife for care before, during, and after their birth were overall less likely to experience interventions like an epidural, episiotomy, or assisted delivery, that they were more likely to experience a spontaneous vaginal birth, meaning that they did not have an induction. And there's quite a bit of evidence that seeing the same practitioner for prenatal care for your birth and postpartum is really beneficial, and that's called continuity of care. When you are looking for a doctor or midwife, it can be challenging to know from just one short meeting or phone call that they're going to be the perfect fit for the pregnancy and the birth that you want. And a lot of times people don't find out that a care provider is right or wrong until at least one or more appointments in. Let's go through some tips for you when you're looking for and choosing a care provider and some considerations if you're thinking about changing who you're currently seeing for your prenatal care. The first thing you should do is ask for referrals. If you have friends or family who've had babies in the past few years, ask them if they would recommend their care provider. They're going to tell you about their experience and you're going to find out if it was good or bad. Because if they've been through a pregnancy and a birth with a particular doctor or midwife, they're going to have a pretty good sense of their practice. Referrals can also come from doctors. If you have friends who work in hospitals or who are nurses or other doctors, they could be a good referral source. I have a particular OBGYN and midwife whom I've had care with that were both amazing. And both of those came from referrals. So I'm a big fan of using that as a resource. Something that you need to consider is where you want to have your baby. There was a report done in 2017 that showed that one of every 62 births in the United States was an out-of-hospital birth. 
So that's just about 1.6%, which is still very low, but that number has been steadily increasing. Between 2004 and 2017, home births increased by 77%, and birth center births more than doubled. I know where I am in San Diego that there have been multiple other birth centers that have popped up in recent years. I do urge you to keep an open mind and go visit several places before you make a decision on the venue of where you want to have your baby. If you're open to it, check out your options to have a home birth or even visit a birth center. It's really easy to have preconceived notions that can be completely wrong about what a particular hospital or birth center is going to be like. I can tell you that before I had my first baby, I knew exactly the hospital that I was planning to give birth at, and I actually forced myself to go tour some other hospitals anyway just to do my due diligence. And after doing tours and meeting some of the doctors, I decided that I wanted to go with a completely different hospital. So I was really thankful that I went and looked at those places and got a better feel for the kind of birth experience that I could expect there. Looking at things like statistics on the C-section rate are good things to look at, but the atmosphere and how you're treated is really important. If you're in a big city, chances are you have several different options available to you. Most places will give you a tour. They'll take the time to answer any questions you have. So please see what's out there before making a decision. Because remember, a key part of this process is making informed decisions. If you're planning a home birth, you're most likely working with a midwife. And the majority of birth centers are also staffed by midwives. If you're planning a hospital birth, you may have a choice between a midwife and an OBGYN. And I expect that we're going to see more midwives in hospital settings in the future. Once you know where you want to have your baby, that's going to narrow down your options for a provider who's associated with a particular hospital or birth center. If you're planning a home birth, obviously you have to find a midwife who specializes in home birth. Another thing that you want to consider is your health insurance and what they will cover and what they won't. You don't want to plan everything with one care provider only to find out that they're not covered by your insurance. Typically, your financial situation is going to play some part in where you decide to go for your prenatal care. And I wish that insurance did not have any bearing on this decision, and you could pick anybody you wanted to, but that may be something that you need to consider. Make sure that you have a really clear understanding of what's covered, what expenses you're going to have to pay out of pocket. Keep in mind that often your prenatal care is billed separately from your labor and delivery. Those may be covered at different rates. The best way to get information to confirm that the care provider that you want to work with is covered and to know exactly what you will need to pay out of pocket is to get on the phone with your insurance company. You want to block out some time. You want to be prepared to be on hold for a little while. I know that this can be kind of a pain to go through the automated system and get somebody on the phone to actually talk to, but that's going to help you hash out any of those questions and make sure that you understand what your insurance covers and who your insurance covers. Whether you're seeing a doctor or midwife, your visits with them as your care provider are going to be pretty much the same frequency. For the first two trimesters, this is up until week 28, your visits are going to be once a month. 
And then starting in week 29, which is the start of your third trimester, you're going to go every other week until you hit 36 weeks. And at that point, you tend to see them on a weekly basis. I encourage you to include your partner in these visits. And overall, of the entire nine months that you're pregnant, or maybe a little more than that, you can expect to have somewhere around 14 appointments. So on 14 days, you're going to see your doctor or your midwife. That is it. A big part of each of these visits is that it's an opportunity for you to ask questions. You should be asking any question that you want to know answers to to make sure that you are comfortable with your doctor or midwife. Do not be shy about asking questions. And this goes for your partner too. They should be able to ask questions and communicate with your doctor because they're a big part of this as well, right? It's really important that you have a relationship with your care provider where communication is open. And the right care provider is going to encourage you to ask questions. Please do not be intimidated to speak up or to ask questions. Remember, you only have 14 visits with this person your whole pregnancy, so you want to take advantage of that. One thing that you may want to know when you are looking at different care providers is how much time is allotted for each appointment, and that typically ranges between 15 minutes up to an hour, and that's going to vary a lot between different doctors and midwives. And if you want to be able to ask questions or have lengthy conversations about anything, the time that they've blocked out for your appointment is going to play a role in that. Because if you only have 15 minutes after you get there and you weigh in and they check your baby's heart rate and check anything else that they need to do, it's only going to leave just a few minutes to talk to them. So if you want longer appointments, you want to make sure that they have the ability to accommodate those longer appointments. Once you have figured out who your care provider is, you want to make sure who will attend your birth. And this is something really you should probably be thinking about before you nail down your care provider. And this might sound silly because of course, you expect that your doctor or midwife would be there, right? A lot of hospitals and birth centers will have someone on call to attend births. If you're going to an OBGYN practice or a birth center that has several different doctors or midwives on staff, you may not be guaranteed that your doctor or your midwife will be there for your birth. So if this is the case, if whoever attends your birth is going to be the person on call at that time, you may want to see if you can meet some of the other care providers beforehand, just so that in the event that they are at your birth, the first time that you're face to face with them isn't when you're in labor. So at least you've met them before and you're more comfortable with them when it comes to them attending your birth. And if it's really important for you to have your particular doctor or midwife at your birth, make sure that that's something that they can do and plan for. And on that note, if you're going to one person who's it's just a single person that runs their own office, you're going to want to know who their backup is. What if they're at another birth? What if they're on vacation? What does that plan B look like? That way you can know exactly what to expect on who could be attending your birth. It's so important for you to know that once you choose a doctor or midwife, you're never stuck. 
If you're currently seeing somebody that you do not like, that you don't get along with, that you're not comfortable with, you should really consider finding someone else. I wouldn't recommend that anyone remain in a relationship that they're unhappy in. And this is certainly true for your relationship with the person that you need to work with to make some major decisions about your prenatal care and who's going to be there and should be there supporting you for your baby making their way into this world. That's a really big deal. If you're unhappy with your current doctor or midwife, please find a new one. There are tons out there to choose from and you're never stuck. Changing care providers can be more challenging later in your pregnancy. Even if you're into your second or third trimester, you still have options. You just might have fewer options. You might need to cast a wider net. Most care providers are going to prefer to see patients as early in their pregnancy as possible. Remember earlier, we talked about that continuity of care. They want to be there from the start. But just because you're in your second or third trimester doesn't mean that you can't switch to another provider. If you're considering changing care providers, you should shop around. You can always see what else is out there. And if you don't find someone who's a better fit, you can always stay with who you're currently with. Logistically, it's pretty simple to switch providers once you find a new one. You're going to want to transfer all of your medical records to the new doctor or midwife. That's usually done by just signing an authorization with your new provider, and that's going to allow them to request the medical records from your old doctor or midwife. It could be nice to give the doctor or midwife that you're leaving a heads up that you've switched to seeing a new provider. That's going to keep them from continuing to call you to book appointments. And if that's something that you don't want to pick up the phone and talk to them about, you can always just shoot them an email or call after hours and leave a message. And that can just be as simple as telling them that you really appreciate their care, but that you've switched to a new doctor or midwife. You don't need to come up with a long, detailed story of why you're leaving and a bunch of excuses. You can just say, hey, I appreciate you taking care of me, and I'm now seeing a different doctor or midwife. Let's get into some specific questions that you can ask. These are questions you can ask an OBGYN or a midwife to find the right care provider. All of these questions are listed in the full article on the website, so don't worry about writing them down while you are listening to this episode. And if you do have specific questions when you're actually on the phone with a doctor or midwife or seeing them in their office, I would write them down, put them in a note on your phone so that you have them handy and so you can remember them. I don't think that you should necessarily interrogate them, right? You want to just have a conversation and kind of get a feel for their practice, but it could be helpful to have some questions written down. Let's go through some general questions, and I'm just going to list these out for you. How long have you been in practice? How many births have you attended? How many patients do you have at a given time? Is your practice a solo or a group practice? If it's a solo practice, who covers for you when you're not available? Will you attend my birth? And if you're unavailable, who will attend my birth? Will you be present throughout my entire labor? What is your general philosophy on pregnancy care, labor, and birth? How much time is available during each prenatal visit? 
Are you available to answer questions in between visits? And will you assist me develop a birth plan or will you review one that I've written? Those questions are going to give you a lot of answers to help determine whether this person's the right fit for the prenatal care that you want and for the birth experience that you want. If you're looking to avoid specific interventions, there's some other questions that you may want to ask. You can ask what procedures are routine, what percentage of their patients utilize pain medication during labor, if you're looking to avoid pain medication, what percentage of your patients has an episiotomy, and what's your C-section rate? That's a big one. I actually left an OBGYN one time because they could not tell me what their C-section rate was, which just kind of made me uncomfortable. I felt like that was a statistic that they should have been able to give me. And lastly, some questions specific for midwives. If you're interviewing a midwife, you may also want to ask, did you graduate from a nationally accredited midwifery education program? If that's something that's important to you. You can ask if they are certified by the American College of Nurse Midwives. And you can ask if they have an OBGYN that they work with in the event that one is needed, or if they have OBGYNs that they refer out to. Hopefully, these questions will help kind of guide you a little bit as you're looking for the right care provider. I really hope that you find a doctor or midwife that you enjoy going to appointments with. I hope that you have a provider who's really supportive of you and the birth that you want. And if you don't, you can always explore your options and find somebody who's a better fit for the prenatal and birth experience that you want. To recap everything we talked about in today's episode, We went over what an OBGYN and a midwife is. We talked about how they differ. We went into a lot of considerations to take into account when you are choosing a doctor or midwife. And we went through a pile of questions that you can ask to help find the right person who's really going to be supportive of the prenatal experience and the birth experience that you want. And Remember, all those questions, a full transcript of this episode and everything is going to be on the website. I want to thank you for tuning into the Pregnancy Podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. And the full article and resources that accompany this episode can be found at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash doctor. Thank you to Mommy Stops for their support of this episode. With the promo code FEET, you can save 20% off not just the Mommy Stops insoles, but also form insoles. These are going to make any pair of shoes way more comfortable. You can even heat the insoles in your oven and mold them to your own feet. For details on those, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash feet. And thank you to Boppy for their support. You can save 20% off boppy.com with the promo code PREGPOD20. They make four different pregnancy pillows that are really going to help you get comfortable for a good night of sleep. You can see those options at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash pillow. And thank you to Zoller for their support to make sure that you have the most recent promotion for any Zoller vitamins and supplements. 
you want to go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. Right now, you can still save 25% off the Mighty Mini Prenatal, plus get a free infant vitamin D. And all those details are at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash mini. (laughs) 